Welcome to Dear Alice, a lifestyle approach to interior design. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Dear Alice. Today, we have a special treat for you. Um, We are doing another episode on... Rental properties. We are this time, yeah. Yeah. But real estate. (laughs) Real estate, yeah. Because we had such a massive response to our last real estate episode Mm -hmm. we did. You guys really want to know about real estate things. So we said, who else do we know that we could bring on Dear Alice? And I thought... Well, I could bring on my kid brother, Jake Lukingay, because Jake, welcome, Jake. Thank you. And thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Jake has been doing, has this really cool thing that he's been up to. And I would love for all of us to learn from him. He has been sort of in a little bit of a rental um, situation where he had two rental properties and then he went on to build what I think is a dream home. And he had a carriage house, has a carriage house currently that he rents out nightly and I want to know why you're renting it nightly as opposed to just renting it by the month. Mm-hmm. And then he built a vacation rental with partners and now he's building an entire development of fractional ownership and whole ownership properties. So I'm like, Jake, let's unpack this. We want to know what you know. And if there's anything for all of us that love interiors to know about building or renting our own home or a property on our home, I want us all to know what you know. So where to invest our next pennies, like what kind of property is the smartest. But before we get into that, um, if any of y'all know the Luke and Gay family, they are a trip. They're from various parts of Idaho, right, Seattle. Your mom's from Seattle? Mom's originally from Seattle, And they were raised in Richfield, Utah. And they're some of the funniest people I know. Um, So to have two of them in the same room is the very best. Y'all should be jealous. Um, But just before we start um, to talk real estate, I want to ask Jake a couple questions about Jess. Okay. Favorite, funniest story. I think first it'd be fun to establish our birth order. Oh, yes. So let's birth order. Yeah. There's six kids, two girls, and then four boys. Mm -hmm. I'm at the end. I'm the youngest. Jake's number six. Jess is number two. Mm -hmm. And there is 11, 10 and a half, 11 years between us. Mm Mm-hmm. We never went to school together. Nope. Never went to school together. We really didn't even like cohabitate together (laughs) in a way. I mean. Besides being raised by the same people. Yeah. I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, you know, you moved out of the the home when I was like seven, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Seven, you would have been out of the home. So, but I do have awesome memories of Jess being in the home. So I'll share one story. This is, this is my favorite childhood memory. Do you know, do you you know what stories? I don't know. I don't think she knows, but she'll definitely remember this. So (laughs) I think everywhere, probably in the state of Utah, but in Richfield, they had this reading program where Mm -hmm. if you read 15 minutes a day for a certain amount of days, every month, you'd get a free personal pan pizza at Pizza Hut. So that was (laughs) totally the aim to always do that. And Jess, Jess was awesome because she loved to take me to go get that pizza because I didn't like the crust and she'd eat the crust. So I'd eat the pizza, she'd eat the crust. (laughs) But one of my favorite memories was Jess had a Subaru and she drove this thing like she stole it. It was was absolutely amazing. So in Richfield, we lived... <laughs> we lived in a neighborhood where exiting our neighborhood, you had to go over this kind of this bridge that dropped off. We called it the canal bridge. Uh-huh. And Jess would hit this thing doing 50 or 60 miles per hour and actually get all four She'd wheels off the ground. It, huh? But it gets better. 
she wouldn't be driving the car. I'd be sitting on her lap and she's just gas and brake and I'm steering wheel. So she would, she would full on, we would hit it, catch air, get all four wheels off the ground. And then Jess would take over from there. And the elementary school didn't have a fence around it at the time. And there was a stop sign. And in order for Jess to avoid the stop sign, she would just cut across the entire lawn over to the, the next row. Yeah, save time, right? Diagonally. <laughs> you know, it wasn't recess. The things you do when you're teenagers. Yeah, no, no. School would be out. This would be like, yeah. you know, early evening. No one's, yeah, this was not a, you know, lock up your Breakfast. children moment, but kind of was. Um, anyways, that's one of my favorite memories. But Jess was always so sweet. Would take me to get that pizza. We'd have that together. And then we'd go get a Twix candy bar from the gas station. And Jess would refer to it as a fresh one. Mm-hmm. She'd say, let's go get a fresh one. And we'd share the Twix as we each eat one but Jess was the sun moon stars as a big sister still is has taken care of me through it all as as a student at BYU living in Provo she was also living in Provo at the same time and would feed us and house us and give us old things that were in perfect condition and has always been motherly to me so my heart goes out to her and I gotta also say I love Sue's too to death Um, the best Sue's Family status. No, totally. (laughs) Susan, Tom, they are so incredible. They, if you haven't had Tom's cooking, you haven't had cooking period. Mm -hmm. No one can cook as well as Tom. True. And Sue's knows how to host. It just, it totally feels like a dream when you go over to her house and eat tacos and you see the beautiful flavors uh, and the, the beautiful presentation and the way the flavors come together. Anyways, I, I absolutely love Susan Tom. So mm-hmm. this is a privilege for me to sit here with my sister oh, and to sit here with Suze. And yeah, so this is awesome. Thank awesome. you. And Corey as well. Corey yes. and I share a neighborhood. We lived in the same neighborhood, not at the same time. Yep. But we did live in the same commonality, and that's your first rental property when you and say that was my first rental property. Yeah. 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 I drove by it every day. Yes. Yeah. And, and off the and record, to, it just blew up. That. Yeah. So, <laughs> Yeah, years like, after we sold it. Oh. So sad. Everyone's safe, though. Okay. Oh, good. Yeah. That, <laughs> that truly happened? I don't know, actually, what happened, but okay. it was on fire. Wow. We were, out of, we were out of country, and I got a text with a picture, and I was so sad thinking about <laughs> so sad. our Christmases and, you know, those beautiful old wood-clad windows yeah. and how the snow used to just rest on those oh, and everything. Pretty. I was going, oh, man, Heartbreak Hotel. But That ooh. is Heartbreak Hotel, Anyways, darn it. Wow. Sorry. Crazy. Yeah. Well, our our listeners love no love interior design and yeah. they love learning about um, real estate. So yeah. I think it's a fun one to unpack. Mm-hmm. I especially love where you guys are at right now, mm-hmm. where you built the stream home. You sit on an acre of property and above it, you decided to build this little carriage house. Were you always intending to use it as a rental or was that originally like, oh, we could have extra family stay here or what was the dream? Because I know you had experience renting before. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your vision for this home that you guys live in right now. Yeah, no, great question. Um, how it came together was really, we, we didn't intend to rent it. No, is the, is the short answer. We intended to have my mother-in-law and, and my father-in-law live there. And right as we were finishing our home, she fell and broke her hip and would not be able to go up the stairs. Uh, so in the end, we gosh, built this, yeah. this carriage house. So the way I've described it as our home is connected to our garage with a breezeway. And so really we have no common walls. We share no walls with this carriage house. 
And so it really just kind of sat vacant. We, we threw like our old apartment furniture up there for a while mm-hmm. and that, you know, and we built it for my mother-in-law. So like a full size island and a, a decent sized dining space so she could house, you know, grandkids and everything. And we just kind of had her as a full working kitchen as a full, yeah. Full working kitchen where maybe if it would have been a nightly rental, um, right off the bat, we might've gone two bedrooms and had a smaller kitchenette Mm -hmm. or something like that. But, um, it feels very homey. It's great. Mm -hmm. Nice vaulted ceilings. Like I say, no common space, separate utilities. So it works out really, really nice the way it does. Yeah. It's amazing. So then you decide that you're going to go ahead and maybe try it out and rent it. Is that, and you decided on nightly rentals. And why did you do that as opposed to just renting out month by month, which would be a lot easier. You don't have to clean it every night. What's the advantage and disadvantage to both? Great question. So the reason we went the way we did at the time was because it felt like less of a commitment because we'd have uh, to commit to someone ooh, living yeah. with us for a year in uh-huh. a way, being on our space. And we were like, uh, we're not sure we're ready kids, for that. kids you guys have. We, yeah. Exactly. We have little kids. And, and really it, it sat vacant for probably one year before we even decided to do anything with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so we went the nightly rental route and it just kind of started to generate money and started to go and go. Um, now looking at it, I would say it's it was totally divine in a way that mm-hmm. everything worked out the way it has because it's, it truly generates more income than we anticipated. And so, you know, we get, we, we furnished it better, got rid of the co- the old college mm-hmm. sofa and got, you know, nicer stuff in there, Ooh. nicer window treatments, nicer bedding, everything else. And, and just furnished it in a way where it could totally be geared towards nightly rental but at the same time, when family comes to town or whatever, we can block off the dates and feel really comfortable putting my mom and dad up there and it, it feels homey and safe mm-hmm. and comfortable. That's awesome. To that, I think a lot of people ha- like that have rentals or estate in rentals or Airbnbs, I think the draw to like having something beautiful brings people back. Do you get a lot of residual? Like people Tons. coming we back? We should also talk about the location because oh, I yeah. think that's, that's key. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So talk about, um, talk, speak to the location of it, how far it is from the university, all those things. Yeah. So we're, we are probably 15 minutes from BYU and, you know, about that from UVU as well. Mm-hmm. And, and in the summer, that's a draw. There's, there's mm-hmm. definitely families who come from out of state, drop their kids off for, for Sport a summer camps, camp yeah. and mm-hmm. then they'll stay the week there. And that's where we see a lot of residual. Mm-hmm. The other thing we have in Utah is we love weddings and mm-hmm. we love funerals, you know, we show up for these things. Yeah. And so we get a lot of people coming for weddings and funerals. As mm-hmm. for the location, we don't, we're not like up on a mountainside with sweeping views of the valley or anything like that. We, we sit in a nice, comfortable neighborhood across from a park. Um, but I think because the home, we sit back off the street about 120 feet and we're across the street from a park and we're, we're close to the running trails and everything like that. It's in a good, safe neighborhood. It feels safe too, like I say, because you don't have those common walls with, mm-hmm. you know, us and we don't have them with them, which is, which is really nice. They don't hear or see us coming and, and vice versa. So the location is good, but really when we started it, I didn't think, oh, this is a great location. You know, we're not like right on I-15. We're not um, at the mouth of the canyon, going up Provo Canyon or anything like that. We're just in a normal, safe neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So it's been interesting though, because we were kind of the first one in our neighborhood to do this. I 
after I had neighbors come to me and go, Hey, how's that working? And they had like basement rentals. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, this is what we're generating. And they were like, Oh, wow. Maybe we'll try, we'll try this out. Do you think it'd do well in a basement? And I was like, I have no idea. You should give it a shot. So in preparation for this, I gave him a call and said, Hey, how's that been going? Cause all of them have been doing it for about yeah. two years. And can you yeah. share some of the data with our listeners? Totally. Um, so both of my neighbors, they've had an increase of about 80% rent doing nightly rental versus doing long-term rental. Interesting. Wow. So can, let's, can we share, share figures? Do you mind? What yeah. do you rent your one? It's a one bedroom, so single bedroom, 900 square feet, uh-huh. full working kitchen, family room, laundry, serve, you know, um, laundry room. Mm-hmm. Then it has, you know, double vanity, uh, tub shower combo, just mm-hmm. trying to like paint the picture, yeah. small walk-in closet, which is nice for a pack and play. If you're traveling with a baby, you can sleep. Yeah. Does your, um, does the sofa in the family room pull out to a bed? It does not, but it is, it is super extra deep. deep. Yeah. It's like a, a twin bed essentially. Right? Totally. And then we do have a day bed in the bedroom as well. Smart. So, and then we have a blow up mattress you can pull out, put out in the family room. Okay. New queen. So you can really sleep. Like we've had families come with six kids and wow. stay there. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So, so how much do you charge for that a night? So we're charging just, I think one Oh five and 95, 105 on the weekends, 95 weekdays. That's nothing is Great. what we're doing. Yeah. And then there's the cleaning fee, which is one time, whether you're staying a week or a night. Uh-huh. And how much time. is the cleaning fee? And it's 45. Okay. So it's essentially 145 yeah. or less, right? Yeah. If you're there a week, it yeah. comes way down. Yeah. Uh-huh. But yeah. Value. Great. That's, yeah. And do the average people stay one night or do you usually have them stay multiple nights? I would say the average stay, my wife can speak to this even better than me, but it's about two. I think like you have all your stats. It's like 2.2 nights. You okay. Know, kind of a thing, but yeah. it's, it's more than enough. So she's doing laundry is your, so, or how does, how does that work? So she handles all the communication. She really runs the whole show. And then she has these little workers called my kids. And they're the ones who clean. <laughs> child, so, child labor laws. Child labor laws. Uh-huh. Yes. So we have a 13 year old who's basically a 17 year old. And then we have a 10 year old who's closer to a seven year old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So girls and boys. And everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, the oldest is a girl. The other's a boy. Um, and if he sees something shiny, you know, he's distracted and doesn't clean a thing. Same with me. Yeah. 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 Totally. So no, but they're, it's awesome because this is the way they earn their money. Um, mm-hmm. they, they make all the money off the cleaning fee. Plus we, we share a little bit off the top with them as well. So nice. it's been really great. They take a lot of pride in it. Um, Kaylee, my wife, she goes and after they've cleaned, they each have their chores. She comes through and does Check. You know, checks it with a white glove and yeah. nice. Anyways, That's awesome. It works out. It That's works great. out pretty good. And so how do you use this clinic jobs? Yeah, yes. totally. Yeah, yeah, totally. That's exactly what it is. Jake and I both grew up cleaning my dad's eye clinic every night. We would go in and do the garbages and mow the lawns and yeah. clean. And I would be in charge of the displays. Awesome. I love that. Yeah. yeah. Totally. I think, I think our parents were probably a little stricter on Jess for the cleaning than they were. Once they went through four boys, they gave up. Cause I'll just say you're the youngest and a lot of things. Well, went yeah, to the wayside. totally. Cause Josh and I, we'd show up to the clinic to clean and we just come in our rollerblades and rollerblade around. So it looked like lines in the carpet, like it had been, you know, vacuumed and, and call it good. And I don't think Jess Hilarious. was pulling those tricks. No, it anyway. wasn't. Did you know that 35% of adults report experiencing poor sleep quality? Let me put you onto something that is going to transform your sleep. Cozy Earth Bedding is temperature regulating people. This is huge. If you and your spouse do not sleep at the same temperature, which most people don't, I'm freezing, my husband's hot. This is a massive benefit and breakthrough for us when we started sleeping on Cozy Earth. 
You can both sleep on the same mattress with the same sheets and be completely comfortable. They also have a 100-night sleep trial guarantee and a 10-year warranty, which I don't know of anybody that does this. They're that confident in the product, and so am I. When I first touched Cozy Earth products, I could not believe the soft hand on it. It also almost has like a cool feel to your hand. To your um, hand, it's like slippery dolphin. Like your feet swishing around is so so addictive. I can't sleep with anything but cozy earth sheets. I'm obsessed. Um, also, you need to treat yourself to the ultimate comfort with cozy earth. I love the sleepwear. I love the sweats, and the bedding is amazing. You can prioritize your self care your sleep health, if you just head over to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code DEARALICE for an exclusive 35% off. You guys, we don't have to wait for a sale. You can use this anytime. Again, the code is DEARALICE for an exclusive 35% off. Better sleep awaits you with Cozy Earth. Uh, yeah. So, so, share, so share some figures. Yeah. How, how much does this offset your mortgage? I think would be a real benefit to our listeners to think of it in that regard, because we could essentially, or at least that's how my mind works, I could live in a nicer home if I rented out a portion of it, right? Bingo. So how much does this offset your mortgage? Yeah. So for, for us personally, on average is $2,500 a month. Okay. So that- That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So that kind of unit would probably rent twelve to $1,400 if we were going long-term. Mm -hmm. So one of the benefits- So double. Yeah. For Almost. us, it is. For us, it is pretty dang close. And we've we've had months where we're closer to $3,000 as well. Yeah. So. Do you feel like you're like, asking like the right this, price or do you feel no, like you guys could, could ask, ask more? more? We could absolutely ask more. So June, July, August, we are every night. I mean, 30 nights out of those months gone. So we do over $3,000. But then, you know, December slows down and it's weird. Ski season, we still do pretty well. But I would say December... And January are, are our slowest months. Uh-huh. So. Great. Mm -hmm. And Everyone, I've always been curious, do, is, did your house look pretty good? Like after being rented for how many years have you guys been doing this? It looks great. So I've owned full-term rentals. Uh-huh. And anytime you're doing a long-term rental, you know, after anybody's lived there a year, mm -hmm. carpets beat up, everything's pretty destroyed, scratch, cabinets are pretty mm -hmm. banged up. The nice thing about a nightly rental is, is there's this accountability there where you're rating one another. So true. And that rating system is great. The other thing that happens in a nightly rental is most people eat out. So they're not actually using your kitchen. Oh, good point. Like I would say, yeah. I would say 80% of the time we never even have to touch the stove because we'll go to clean it and it has not been used mm -hmm. and we'll open the fridge and nothing has gone in it, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it's just, it's just like changing out the ice in the ice maker is yeah. all you're doing kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, as far as wear and tear, mm -hmm. way better. So we, we've had a couple situations where we've been contacted by someone through a nightly rental, um, like Airbnb through a platform and said like one individual, he was doing his residencies and he, mm -hmm. he was in the Valley. So he needed to be there for 60 days. So he and his wife and their baby came for 60 days. And after those 60 days, which they were clean and awesome, but we were like, won't do that again. Cause it got lived in. There were yeah. smells, there were, you know, yeah. it became yeah, individualized. Totally. Like uh -huh. they didn't put pictures on the wall or anything like that, but there were now stains Close on the it. sofa and things that happen when it turns into your home Yeah, versus Fascinating. When it's not your home. So you're not as careful. 
Yeah. Right. So that's, that's been our experience. And yeah, that's super interesting. It's, it's been really positive overall. I mean, we've been at it for five years mm-hmm. and oh we really, really have like one negative story through all those five years. And it wasn't even that bad. That's amazing. That's yeah. really awesome. great. Okay. So what'd your neighbors say about renting out their basements? Same thing. So they, they went up 80% overall. So the, I they, just, they went up 80% of 80%, what? They are now, they're doing 80% more in rent than they were there as a nightly rental over what they were doing as a long-term Amazing. rental. Wow. So yeah. 80% more financially that you're able to make yep. if you will do a nightly rental, as long as you have somebody in the household that doesn't mind cleaning it and changing yes. out the bedding and everything, which has been a positive for you because your kids are learning how to work. But it is more hustle. And it's more hustle. You got to work hard for your money. Okay. Yep. So can we switch gears? Let's talk about your vacation rental down in St. George. Yes. So tell them about your vacation rental, it, the location, yep. how many it sleeps, how many partners and kind yep. of the benefit of that. And when you start to see the upside. Yep. So desert color <clears throat> is where we, we have a home. We have one right on the lagoon there and it sleeps 40 plus. So sleeps a ton, eight bedrooms. Wow. There's two bunk rooms in there. Each bunk room has nine beds. So you've got Big, you, you have a big Mormon families. Oh man. yeah. Yeah. When we were buying <laughs> That's a family mattresses, reunion. yeah. When you're buying no, mattresses to buy 24 mattresses from one place felt like, Holy crap. That is yeah, insane. That so, salesperson was having a great day. Yeah, I know. No. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I know. It sounds like you're sleeping the in a hotel, warehouse, but honestly. Jess has been there. It's, uh-huh. it's pretty well it's suited. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it sleeps, it sleeps everyone quite comfortably. Mm-hmm. So yeah, to get down to the nuts and bolts, there's four partners, me and my business partner, we do everything together, my dad, and then a friend. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's four of us. So we own this, this property fractionally is what you'd say, 25% each of us. And there we are not managing it. It's being managed by another group, which means they handle all the booking, all the communication, all the repairs, Mm -hmm. you name it, they handle all of that. So Mm -hmm. when you're working with a management group, Back up to the long-term rental. Let's let's think about this from that perspective. If you have a management group who's managing your long-term rental, they'll take probably 8%, anywhere 6 to 8% of your property. On a nightly rental, because it's so much more involved, it's somewhere between 25 to 35%. Oh, wow. Wow. But that's 26 beds that they're changing every night, oh, and, yeah, right? And booking when it. When they show up their cleaning crew, it is... But those are full weeks, right? They're you can't full, rent yeah, it for not, one night. No, it's a two night minimum. So you can Stop. rent it for two nights. Damn. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So you can rent it for big and is it, two it, nights. Would you say it's rented like 30 days out of the month or how often is this it? Is, this is a great question. So we've only had it one year. So we've only seen kind of these patterns through one year. The other thing with Desert Color is it's a newer community. So mm-hmm. it's really just coming online and really starting to get traction and, and gain its legs. Mm-hmm. There's no food out in this area yet. There is like a big shots golf out there, um, but it's really starting to take off. So our summer is really booked because it's such a large home. It's really kind of geared yeah. towards family reunions. So when you consider that, that the summer's in the hottest place in the state of Utah. I legitimately can't believe that it's summer. <laughs> I, I thought you were going to say winter. No. So I could go down there and golf. So you're talking about like 112 degrees, like yeah, some yeah. of these days. Full throttle. Every single week is booked out June, July, and then halfway through August when school starts, family reunions end. And then like, mm-hmm. you know, then there's some time finally mm-hmm. available. Mm-hmm. So we didn't know how to do because this is kind of, kind of our first summer. I mean, last summer we came online, but we came online like first mm-hmm. part of June. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was crazy because December hit, which we should have thought about this, but that's when families gather and Ooh. talk about what are we going to do for our family reunion? 
And all of a sudden, within a matter of like a couple of weeks, all of our summer weeks were gone, which was when we wanted to go down ourselves and use mm-hmm. this property because huh. it's on a huge lagoon. Yeah. You want to spend time paddleboarding totally. and doing those things. But yeah, it was just totally booked. So it'll be interesting to see the patterns of this. But yeah, summer's booked um, like December and January, pretty much a ghost town. I think St. George, if you consider the climate, it's not Phoenix, Arizona, where yeah. you're going to get 70s yeah. in January. It's still just kind of low 50s. It's yeah. better than mm-hmm. where we're at up here, you know. Mm-hmm but it, you're, you're escaping 35 mm-hmm. degrees for 50 degrees. Yeah. So the trade-off I don't think is there and it just doesn't, the pole isn't there for those months. February is, though, I know yeah. like they have their great big Parade of Homes down Parade there. Homes. So it's February yep. booked yep. down those, there? Those big weekends, President's Day weekend and those, mm-hmm. that's when you start seeing everything mm-hmm. tick up more. Mm-hmm. Same thing, spring breaks, those weeks all start getting booked out. Mm-hmm. So March and April, same thing. There's through, a lot of tournaments and stuff though in the spring yes. for soccer and baseball and all mm-hmm. those too. And in the fall, September, yeah. October, you there. see a lot of stuff too. So it books really well then, but. And you have Zion yeah. too. I'm sure there's like draw, I don't know yeah. how far away it is, but still. So is it too soon to say close. that the vacation rental is totally worth it or, or do you guys already see upside? I know you just barely got into this. So like mortgages might not be paid and all of that sort of thing. But can you speak to the vacation rental versus the nightly rental at your own home? Yes, I absolutely can. So I would say with the vacation rental, like we have, that's really large Uh down there. That's only kind of geared towards a large party. It's, it's totally worth it. If you want that kind of property to Mm -hmm. go into it, you know, as a fractional ownership way, you know, with that nightly rental piece, it's really nice. Really. We're pretty much breaking even on it. So to have your cake and to be able to eat it too, it's pretty nice. Now, if you're looking to make money as an investment property, it's probably not the way to go. But if there's a place that you love to be and you want to be year after year, mm-hmm. it's fantastic. But you got to remember that management piece that if we were managing it ourselves, if we were handling the communication and had a handyman who could repair things on site and were more hands on, we'd be making money. Be up 30. Yeah. yeah. And it, it all would be really great. So mm-hmm. we have our cake and we're eating it too right now. And that's mm-hmm. great. But I, th- I think it's worth it if you're someone who's going to hustle a little bit mm-hmm. and be willing to handle all the communication across all of those different nightly rental platforms. Repairs. Repairs. That's yeah. having that handyman mm-hmm. that is key. where you're out of the city or out of the state. If you're out of country, I, I wouldn't recommend but I, okay. I have talked to a lot of people who have properties in Florida and manage mm-hmm. them out of state. Even um, one friend of mine, he manages his property in Mexico. I've got another friend who manages a property in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's totally worth it for them because they're making decent money on their properties and then they get to go use them two, four yeah. weeks out of the year. You yeah. totally. have to build your network of people, well, right? Yeah. And that's like gonna help. when you say like a decade later or so, if you wanted to to turn around and sell it. That's where oh, yeah. the real money is, right? Yep. With um, appreciation on real estate. Yep. Huge. Yeah. So, so you're not losing money on it. You're breaking no. even That's for right awesome. now. Yeah. Yep. And you have a great vacation rental in the meantime. With yep. with the, you know, downturn in the economy lately and possibly like where it's going, have you been like keeping tabs on that and how that may affect like vacation rentals? Like, yeah. And yeah, no, I, I know it's so hard to say because Utah, I feel like is like its own little pocket though, a little bit. That's true. Yes, I don't know. Would you- well, and travel right now is off, like just totally off the charts. Yeah. This summer's like the busiest travel summer we've ever had. Mm-hmm. 
And so I don't think we're seeing it yet. I think, you know, when you think of how the economy turned down in 2008, 9, 10, in fact, I was here with that at Alice Lane. I was employee number one. Uh-huh. Anyways, um, in 2008, when we started seeing things turn south, all of a sudden we saw restaurants starting to spike. Mm-hmm. And I think it was because none of us wanted to feel poor, even though we were making less money. Mm-hmm. We saw this big boom in, in the restaurant industry. We wanted to eat out. And I wonder if travel is going to become our new thing, mainly because it seems like we're pretty connected to social media. We see everyone's traveling. It's kind of in us now, like, oh yeah, I've got to go there. I've got to do that, yeah. that we're going to make that work for us. I don't know. Yeah. I really don't know. This my, is a- my like thought on it is if, you know, maybe people aren't like gearing towards like, I'm going to go, you know, we're going to build our dream home. And so that's yeah. maybe put on the back burner, but like in we're going to use some of that money that we would put towards that to yep. going on vacation or, you know, kind of getting a break from quote unquote reality. Yeah. So it could be. Well, and it's yep. post pandemic too, where we, I, we, we were surprised to see such an uptick on the home and the importance of home because that's, we were all trapped in our homes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And weren't allowed to travel. And so now the gates have kind of opened. Yep. And so that's why everyone wants to get out. I agree. So Yeah. Super interesting. Okay. Question for you. Can we talk about fractional ownership? You talked about yep. it in the vacation rental. And, um, the next one I want to talk about is a development that you're creating up in Heber city, which is how close to park city, Utah. So Heber where, where our development is, we're like probably 14 minutes from park city. Mm-hmm. So we are just kind Amazing. of at the slope as you're climbing out of yeah. Heber up the mountain into park city. So we're, we are quite close. Yeah. We're four miles from Deer Valley Ski Resort. Okay. So, and can you tell them a little bit about the draw to Heber city? The, tell you about the job? No, the draw. Oh, the draw. Like why would somebody want to go to Heber city versus park city, especially as somebody that's purchasing land and what's happening there. A lot of people are from out of the country that listen out of state. And so I think we should just sort of set the stage and then get into this next property that you're doing or development rather. So there's two types of people in this world. There's those who live in Heber Valley and those who wish they lived in Heber Valley. <laughs> there's nobody else. So, yeah. So, I mean, that you are sitting in what looks like the Swiss Alps. Mm-hmm. You have two beautiful lakes, reservoirs on each side of the valley. Um, the meadow is just beautiful and green because the elevation is at such a height where the, the summer nights cool off into the low 60s. It keeps everything green and lush there through the summers. You get the great skiing in the winter. Um, I'm not a fisherman, but, you know, it has the, the blue ribbon fisherman, uh, the best fishing there is with the Provo River. Mm-hmm. Everything is within 15 minutes of Heber. Yeah. Um, so the draw is fantastic. You're surrounded by world-class snow skiing, snowmobiling, there's great running trails, biking trails all throughout the area. Mm-hmm. Incredible the, golf courses. The golf courses. Yeah. I'm a golfer. Ridiculous. I don't know how I left that out, but mm-hmm. world championship golf courses yeah. are, there's six of them right there mm-hmm. and they're all within 10 minutes. Uh, so one can recreate in Heber You City. can recreate, <laughs> you can, and you can see the way their ordinances are written. It allows you to see the skies and to see the stars at night, which we don't really get down in the valley as much. We have so much light pollution that mm-hmm. up there you can really appreciate it. It's yeah. inversion it's in general, just pollution. Like you do kind of escape it when you race that elevation, which yep. is amazing. Yep. And you're close to Park City, downtown Main Street, Park City. You're, like I say, 15, 20 minutes away from that for a great, great night on the town. Big food. difference in price between Huge difference. building in Park City to Heber. Ginormous difference in, in, cost to own 
because of taxes, mm-hmm. as well as obviously cost to, to just purchase is quite a bit more in Park City, depending yeah. on where you're at. So it's kind of a best known secret or has been, mm-hmm. right? I know people yeah. obviously are catching less on. Half, less than half. So if it's a second home for you, Heaver Valley is going to be less than half on property taxes versus what you're paying Summit County, which is where Park City is. Crazy. Yeah. And it's the difference is four miles from, yeah. from, from Deer Valley. So pro tip listener, um, yeah. if you're at all interested in um, getting a second home or even a vacation rental, yeah. Heber Valley might be where it's at and be yeah. a lot more affordable for you to do so. So Jake, you obviously are your ears to the ground. You are both building and developing and so your next um, sort of vacation rental is not just a rental, it's a development. Yep. Do you want to tell them a little bit about the brainchild behind that and the why? Yeah, absolutely. So this has been a dream that's been in the making for a while, like all wonderful dreams, but now we're, we've finally put wheels to the ground and we've got it moving forward. So we have this beautiful piece of land where we are building 31 individual homes with no shared walls. Um, that was important to me mm-hmm. because I'm a guy who loves natural light. That makes me feel like mm-hmm. I'm on vacation. Is this on like the, what side would that east be? Side, the side, the side. east side of that main road yep. heading up? Yeah. Yep. yeah, so I passed a couple weeks yep. ago. You're on the east side there. It's part of what's called uh, North Village. So it's a big community development. So Heaver City recognized that growth was inevitable in their valley. There was such a high demand. So what they did, they did something really smart and they dedicated this whole entire area and said, okay, out here we'll allow high and medium density housing Mm -hmm. and we're going to call it North Village. So they dedicated that area so that way they could protect their town, which is just about two miles Mm -hmm. away. And that's where we we bought our land right in the heart of that North Village. Amazing. Mm -hmm. So it'll be great. It'll be fun to see 10, 15 years down the road because- It'll all be walkable. There will be restaurants right there within North Village. There's some hotels coming into the area. We are the only single family builder in the area though. And that's what's setting us apart. Everyone else is looking to do Mm -hmm. condos and townhomes. Mm -hmm. And like I said, the natural light, we are are sacrificing some on the investment side because we just want to get it right. We've said from the beginning, we just want a property that will pass with our kids and then our great grandkids one day will say, yeah, great granddad built that mm-hmm. and still be so, so proud cool. of it. So yeah. we're taking great pride in the architecture, the floor plans and how everything functions. So there'll be 31 individual homes, um, ranging from 1500 square feet up to 5,000 square feet. Nice. And then we will have a clubhouse there with top of the line amenities, a fantastic gym, a great year round pool. We have pickleball courts on site that will double as ice skating rinks in the winter. That's awesome. Yeah. That's amazing. And we'll have so a, cool. a golf simulator there for those who love to golf like myself. So I can hit the slopes and then come down and play a little round of golf on the simulator awesome. at Pebble Beach. Oh, That's good. cool. So yeah. I love it. Yeah. So cool. So with those, you're going to have whole ownership and fractional ownership. Can you just define both of those for us? In my mind, when I think of fractional ownership, I'm like, is that a timeshare or what's the difference? No, great question. So timeshare, let's, let's define whole ownership, which is you own the property outright and it's yours. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you manage it or is there management for it? We, we are going to have a management group that manages the entire property. As as your vacation rental, like somebody could buy that home. Yes. And then rent it out. Yep. So would they check in at a front desk and get their keys or no? No, they won't. There will be no front desk. Yeah. There'll be no front desk to check in at, but there will be a code on the door Mm -hmm. and 
And that's how they typically do the, mm-hmm. if you're familiar yeah. with nightly rentals, that's how it's usually done. So, yeah. yep. But we, we do want to have very much a white glove service to where you can even have shelves and fridge stock before you get there. So you don't need to waste half a day on shopping, Nice. anything like that. So there will be a, a management group who's managing the entire property. Awesome. Great. So, that sounds amazing. So and anyways, then, back to yeah, fractional, ownership. fractional ownership. Can you define that? And, and is that the same thing as a timeshare or is that different? Completely different. So with uh, a timeshare, you own the time. You do not own the physical property, but with a fractional ownership, you actually own a piece of the property, a fraction of the property. So what's most common is they we divide the property into one eighths and you get that piece of the pie. Mm -hmm. So you have a deed. um, It's in your name. You can sell it when you want. You can sell your eighth. You can sell your eighth when, whenever you want. You need, Mm -hmm. typically do you need to get approval from the other? Mm -mm. No. So what we do is you form an LLC and within that LLC, all eight of you go in and you're just selling your piece out for whatever the market value is at that time. So you might see that, you know, we have a surge in the market and you're not using the property the way you thought you would. And you could go ahead and sell it at any time. So there's, there's a big difference with that and a timeshare where you just own the time. You never own the property, the furnishings or anything Mm -hmm. else like that. Okay. So are they typically harder, a harder sale than like a whole, you know, like owning a whole whole property? Um, Oof. you know, it's, it's relatively new to the market. So the pro of a fraction of owning the fraction is that it's a much letter, lower barrier to entry. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. So let's say normally you'd buy this property for $2 million. Well, now you're able to buy it for $250,000. And if you own one eighth, that's going to give you roughly 45 nights Mm -hmm. a year that you can use the property. And the nights that you're not using, you can just turn into the management group who will then rent it out nightly to help Uh, offset your cost on the home. And how much is that management fee? Kind of similar to your St. George? Yeah. 20, 30? 20. Okay. Yep. 20% flat, but yeah. Great. That's great. Yeah. So people will just buy in as much as they want to use the unit, right? Yeah, exactly. So you can buy one eighth and say, hey, I'm only going to use six weeks out of the year, or maybe I'm not even going to use all six weeks and I'll turn in three weeks or let my kids use three weeks or... Who's in charge of furnishing? I know. Ownership. Isn't that fun? So uh-huh. yeah. that's the Jess one and with I, the best taste. Jess uh-huh. and I have been talking. <laughs> they vote on it? We've been, <laughs> Jess and I have been talking behind the curtain on how yeah. this is going to work. So okay. we're not 100%, but we're, okay. we're getting there. All that's right. exciting. Okay. Yeah. Well, this is really great. I think that for, for people, they all, I know for myself, we've, when we go to market, we always stay in an Airbnb or some sort of rental property. Um, the numbers always work (laughs) out. It's usually really convenient. I find to just kind of come and go and feel like you're at home, but it sounds like for those of you listening that the nightly rental is kind of where it's at. Would you guys all agree? I mean, I'm building a nightly rental right now. So yeah, I mean, I hope so. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. It's encouraging to have you. And yeah. So I would, I'd say my experience, which I think most of the listeners have had with the nightly rental is if you're traveling with a group, there's no better way to vacation than to be in a property where you have a family room and a kitchen. Cause you can put kids to sleep or if you're in mm-hmm. Jess's scenario and now your kids are adults, maybe the adult Jess and Adam can go to bed and her kids can stay up late in the <laughs> yeah, family room. Totally. But the way you, the yeah. way you vacation is much better. Now, mm-hmm. you know, if it's just you and your sweetheart, you might want to go have that five-star experience in a hotel or whatever. I, I totally get that. But as a group, this, mm-hmm. this is the way to vacation. I think, yeah. you know, it's just like 
when we saw Uber come online, it was like, whoa, this is weird. And then you're like, you start putting everything together. Oh, you can use your own car and, mm-hmm. and pay off. And now it's cheaper than a taxi and everything else. It started to make sense. And mm-hmm. that is definitely what nightly rental has done. So what we're just doing is combining that nightly rental piece with fractional ownership. Mm-hmm. So smart. Yeah. Totally. Okay. Really quick. Is there a tax benefit from doing each option and building your real estate portfolio? Um, there's always a tax benefit because you can, well, you can get into it with your CPA, but you can depreciate, you know, your property. So absolutely being a whole owner, you've got that, you've got that piece. The other thing is there's a rule. Let me remember what it's called. It's, um, the Augusta rule for getting into taxes, Mm -hmm. where if you rent out your property more than 14 nights, you, you can, you've, you've got a good tax liability there. So look into the Augusta rule, look into that work with your CPA, mm-hmm. but absolutely owning a property and renting it out will pay dividends big time. Cool. How does that, and maybe you uh, haven't like experienced this yet, but when you go to sell that property, you make money on it, you're paying taxes, those yeah. taxes then. So is, is it really a benefit or is it kind of deferring taxes? Is that kind of a harder hit at the end? I mean, yeah, no, that's a great question. So it'll just go on to what is your ordinary taxes, unless you're exchanging it into another property. Uh, you're yeah. done with Park City, Utah. You're now ready for Scottsdale, Arizona. If you exchange it, put then, it yeah. into another property. Yeah. But eventually you'll, you will pay your ordinary taxes mm-hmm. on that. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not a CPA. You know, there's probably listeners out there that are going, well, I've got ways. So mm-hmm. I'll stay out of that part. Yeah. That's great. Quickly on the fractional ownership, say you want to pay more each month. Can you pay off? Obviously, like you could pay in full, right? If you had the for your money fraction, to do for yeah. your fraction, and have that just be done. You're just totally done. Yeah. yeah. So that's or the, you're paying a portion, whatever. No, that's like a, a great question. That's the one drawback right now to fractional ownership mm-hmm. is how do you get financing for it? Yeah, I was yeah. just going to ask that. And what are rate like our rates? Yeah. yeah. You know, for like second homes, they're typically like a percent more. Or yeah, they're a little like bit more and everything. And fractional ownership is new. And before there was no financing. And now there are banks that are starting to lend mm-hmm. on uh-huh. it. So it's starting to move in that direction. Yeah. Um, so it is something typically where you got to have a little bit more cash, like a 30% down type of mm-hmm. situation. But it is trending in the right direction because years ago there was zero financing for fractional ownership. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Very cool. Okay. Um, and then I think I know your answer to this, but how to choose a good location when purchasing real estate? Oh man. I talk about this with our, one of our brothers all the time. Cause he's, he's a second homeowner and, and I would say you, you simply pick a spot where you want a vacation. Mm-hmm. So wherever you love and you want to make it a ritual to go back there mm-hmm. and, and make this a pattern in your life, I would say, go there and then just hope that other people are drawn to the area too. <laughs> Likelihood if there's draw, yeah. other people will be drawn to. Yeah. So. 100%. For sure. Yeah. We have a sibling that has a home in park city Yeah, and I think he's on his fourth property yeah. in park city. Yeah. Yep. And he does a pretty good job at yeah. building and selling. Right. Yeah. So he's, he's, he has been riding this last 10 year wave mm-hmm. pretty, pretty nicely. Pretty successfully. He's, he's, he's surfing it pretty smoothly. <laughs> Yeah, it's good out there. Yeah, I know. We're always scratching our head, like, what on earth? (laughs) What does he know? Let's get Nick on here. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. It sort of is a wing and a prayer, a little bit, right? Timing on real estate, and but if you're doing it for the love of the game, and you know, obviously, 
And if, like, if you're like, yeah. it's a long-term game up, for you. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, and Corey, you're, you're in the middle of building um, a second property that you're going to rent out and yours is based on love of location. Yeah. Because right? we've always wanted, my wife and I are both big snowboarders and we want to get our kids into it. And uh, we don't have the budget for like a park city type of situation. So we were like, where else could we go? And um, so yeah, we looked at, in Brian head and we actually yeah. bought a lot uh, last fall. And so now I'm just in the process of, you know, getting, uh, permits from everybody. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's oh, insane. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm doing that whole thing and then hopefully end of next year, it'll be done. Congratulations. Thank awesome. you. That is so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So cool. Um, so for Sue and I, we want to know what the importance of the interior investment is in a rental. Everything. So our St. George property down in desert color, we teamed up with Alice Lane and yeah. did the in-home services, mm-hmm. which was budget Alice Lane. Is yes. that okay if I say that? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's, sure. it's a way for people to work with designers and all of yeah. our resources, but not have to be charged a design right. fee. Um, yeah. They just work with the furniture design team. And so you worked with one of the furniture design team members and filled up that entire property with yeah. Alice Lane resources. And they know how to, you know, what the affordable lines are. They know, you know, Yep. They, they just know how play to play the game. The game. Yeah. Yeah. Which oh. is, I think, invaluable if you're looking for, um, to fill up a second home or first home, anything, they just, they've got all the resources at their they fingertips. Do it beautifully. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's the, the same. Yeah. Like the same resources. It's not like we only save these lines for, you know, but yeah. it's, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, yep. yeah. All yeah. The it's same in your stuff. budget. And you guys nailed it down there. I mean, it looks incredible. It feels great. The experience is so elevated because frankly, the finishes of the home are okay. Mm -hmm. They're not outstanding. You're not going to look at the profiles on the baseboard or, you know, the ceiling details or the light fixtures and be blown away. You guys didn't get to pick any of those things and neither Mm -hmm. did I, but the furnishings are outstanding and it takes everything to very much a five-star experience. Mm -hmm. It's, it is absolutely fantastic. And the difference, obviously, when you're dealing with a nightly rental versus maybe your own home is you're not going to put original art in there and you're not going to spend mm-hmm. $300 on throw pillows and things like that. Mm-hmm. You're going you're gonna to scale it way back. But Alice Lane did an incredible job coming in and seeing what our budget was and working within these really tight, 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 tight margins that I gave them <laughs> and, and making mm-hmm. it look awesome. Yeah. Very with that cool. said, if you ever are staying at our property... Um, Alice Lane did not style our shelves that way. You'll notice everything <laughs> on the shelves is beautiful, but the cleaning people over the last year have rearranged things to how they like it. And so every time we're down there, we're like rearranging That's things, hilarious. but That's anyway, awesome. it's awesome. That's it. great. It, it I mean, I would great. think that if you're looking at vacation rentals and you're trying to choose one oh, yeah. from the next, you're going to choose the one that looks the best, better. right? Yeah. For sure. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, we didn't put this on there, but I don't know if we were wrapping up, but yeah. maybe we do want to ask Jake our like final question that we asked. Definitely. Yes. So every guest that comes on the podcast, Jake doesn't know what this question will be. We always ask people, how do you define luxury? Mm. And, um, I'll first, while you're thinking about that, we, um, read an article once and they asked Martin Lawrence Bullard, this question who does, you know, Kardashian homes and everything else. And he defined, he said this about luxury. I define luxury as saving nothing for best. He said, I use my Hermes butter knife every day of my life. I don't wait and use that nice knife on Easter or on Christmas. And he just said, living with all of your nicest stuff all the time is, is a really beautiful life and that you don't have to wait for a special occasion to sort of use it. Um, we've had other really great answers about, mm. you know, that time or, you know, yeah. like more introspective answers like that. So 
It can be anything. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't have to do with like an engine in your car if you don't want it to or about anything else. But yeah. a lot more than most people. Yeah, so. totally. Well, you know, Related. I like she's, Jake. She's helping me out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, on the spot, I'm sure if I had more time, I'd have a better answer. But luxury for me is anything that elevates my thoughts. Mm. So oh, um, as, as funny as that sounds, it's oftentimes in the architecture of a home or when you think of ancient Greek or Roman architecture and the way they use the floor to leaves and all these things that we look at them and go, it's so whimsical and ridiculous. Who do that in a home? But the way they would bring nature into a space really elevated their thoughts. And mm-hmm. that was the goal was so they'd be, be thinking at an elevated plane. And I'm the same way with my personal vehicles or whatever it is. I like to get into the interior the sights and the smells and all the textiles, everything I just like to feel like my thoughts are being elevated. The, the things I read and, and, you know, observe. So mm-hmm. I guess that's how I define it I right that's now. That's a really beautiful answer. But I don't know that maybe give me another day and I'll have a better one. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's really great. Sue I and I, like, that's beautiful. Suzanne and I went to dinner with um, a gentleman that owns one of the most successful ad agencies in, in the U S and um, his accounts are Disney and American express. And he's got a really beautiful mind and, and one of the most beautiful homes that we've ever experienced. And um, he talked a lot about having elevated experiences in beautiful spaces. And um, you know, he said, you know, they were going to have this foundation meeting at a restaurant. And I said, come and have it in my home. And he said, the entire event was just elevated to a different level because you are having this take place in a beautiful space. And the whole experience was a different experience than having it in a public space. And so I think our homes are sacred spaces that way. And that living our lives can be more elevated when we really take the time and energy to think about what's super meaningful to us and dial that into our interiors. So I loved your answer. I thought it was brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, So good. Thanks so much for coming on today, Jake, and uh, teaching us a little bit about rentals, Airbnbs, um, you know, fractional ownership, whole ownership, the benefits thereof. It's been super fun to have you on here. And um, I hope if you guys have any questions, you'll send them into dear Alice at alicelanehome.com and we will catch you next time. Thanks for listening. If you like our show, please leave a five-star rating. 